0: What's up, y'all? It's your girl, Rita Love. It's another episode of Unapologetic Woman of Color. It's August 16th. It's Thursday. It's 2.17 p.m. And I thought, you know what? It's time to put out episode two. Anyhow, um, yesterday uh, I got a message from one of my good friends, Puna. She sent me a link to um, a blog. Of one of our favorite and very few Pacific Islander female authors, Samoan author Lani Went Young. And she wrote a blog about you know her experience as a, as a as a brown woman who writes. She's smart, she's you know, she's intelligent, you know, uh, intellectually, she's just amazing to sit and listen to. She's written Many books, you know. Um, anyhow, the name of her her blog, her most recent one, is called "When Brown Women Write." And at first, she starts off her blog with you know the support that she she gets when she gets she, when she goes on her book tours, and how there's so many people you know who bring their children to meet uh, you know a real Samoan author. Because they want their children to realize what's possible, you know. And then there's communities all over that, you know, organize these book launches and and are just filled with warmth and love and rich, you know, the richness of our cultures. And you know that that's that reminds me of the first time that I met her. She came out here to Salt Lake City, Utah. And the room was filled with all kinds of amazing, you know, just people from our co- from our community who could not wait to come and, and meet her, buy her books, bring the books they've already purchased to have her sign. And um, that was the first time I had ever heard of her. I didn't know anything about her, but they had sent out. It was Tolano series, the other ones that, you know, uh, uh, created this event and, and had her come out and speak. And it was really cool because, you know, upon meeting her, like when she got up and she started to discuss her book, her journey, her her own personal journey, I was, you know, I was so impressed and just proud of the fact that we had a Pacific Islander female, you know, a Samoan author female who was very successful in her, in her writings. And so I bought her books, all her books that she had, had her sign them, took some photos, and have been following her ever since, right? And she's always followed, you know, we became friends on Facebook. She actually reached out and asked me to write a piece so that she could post it in Samoa Planet about what it's like, you know, my own experiences of taking care of my elderly mom. And then she posted it and it got such a huge uh, hit of, you know, and, and responses from just people in our community who are also caretakers. But this most recent blog really had me worried and very upset because she talks about how, you know, you know, you have your, your groups of people who support, and then you have all the other ones who, she's been called a bitch, a liar, a slut, a fat whore, thief, corrupt, fraud, and plagiarist. A writer of trash romance, that tries to destroy the Christian values of our people." And they say she's a writer of psycho-bitch feminist articles that hates men and wants to badmouth my religion. These are all things people have said to her about her. She's a writer of columns who must be a paid government mouthpiece because I don't jump on the crucified, the current administration bandwagon. A survivor writer of speeches and blogs about preventing child sexual abuse who must be a liar making it up because she wants attention a writer who is an LGBTI ally and provides a platform for um, Fafine and Fatama Voices. And they say that she's fia pato, fia lele, fia bad, fia intellectual. I'm fia everything. Sinful. Yes, that's me. So these are all the things that she's getting called. You know, she sometimes says that the problem is she's not brown enough. She's a rich Afakasi with a big mouth and no understanding or respect for the Fasamoa. She gets told she's stupid, ignorant, and needs to be taught better by her elders. You know, the fact that she doesn't live in rural Samoan village, so of course she's clueless and corrupt. Some say she's failed high school. Others say the problem is that she has too many university degrees. She's prideful and that she thinks she's better and smarter than everyone else. My goodness. What the hell, people? You know, when they can't... So when these people can't come back with an intelligent response to her, to her columns or to her, you know, then they... What she says is they try to slut shame her. They accuse her of having multiple extramarital affairs. They say her poor husband, what a bad mother, gollify her kids, slap her, silence her, fookie her hair. You know, I mean, they just, the list of the, of horrible, horrific things that they say about her is, is maddening. So I, I, So I posted on my Facebook page and basically said, I cannot believe that so many in our community would do everything in their power to silence her. And what drives me even more crazy is the fact that we give such a wide berth to our brown male athletes, our brown male scholars, our brown male, you know, religious leaders, our brown male, you know, when when. You know, sexism sexism is rampant in our own culture as it as well, right? And it, you know, but for a brown woman to write, to be an intellectual, to be, you know, to be um, so opinionated, and you know, uh, just smart as hell, is is apparently it's still threatening, right? It's still threatening. This is how I feel. I think it's really the old school people, the old school folks, the older generation. They're so stuck in that mentality, you know, of of gender roles and, you know, which is crazy because I really believe myself to be a, a strong woman raised by strong women who are very independent thinkers, who are very unapologetic in their ways and in their mannerisms. But I really think this has a lot to do with Christian values. Right. And which is funny to me, because just like Lani Rowe in her in her blog that a lot of these women who cuss her out or talk crap about her or talk shit about her are women who have like the picture of the LDS temples in the background. These bitches. Are you serious? You know, I've seen so many of those people. I've seen so many women who are members of the LDS church and other religions who on one, on the one side of their mouth, talk about Jesus and their loyalty and love to Christ and God. And then on the other corner of their mouth, talk, uh, you know, completely practice something totally opposite of what is supposed to be, in my in my opinion, Christian-like, right? And this is why I don't really go to church. I don't go to church because, not because I hate the church. I love the church. Don't get me. I I love, I, I love that they're very focused on families and, you know, teaching their values, but I don't, my values don't align with theirs. And so I don't want to show up and be fake and phony about it. So, you know, and then of course, when I see other women who are like that with the big old picture of the temple and behind the scenes, and then talking hella smack about, you know, women like Lonnie who are out there, you know, providing a platform and advocating for marginalized communities such as the LGBTI community, you know, and, and speaking up and, and advocating for women's empowerment and, and, and an intellectual, it drives me nuts. And we're, it's so, we're still fighting. We're still fighting for our place in this world. I'm tired. You know, we're still fighting to be recognized as, you know, to not be dehumanized, to not be treated as second-class citizens. And um, honestly, the old generation just needs to die off. They just need to hurry up and die the hell off so that we can, so that we can truly progress that our community, so that our community can, you know, can progress in this freaking world. Anyhow, shame on you if you're doing everything in your power to shame Lonnie, because she's out there doing amazing work and I stand in solidarity with her. I am so thankful for her contributions to our communities and please, come on, get out of here with your Christian values. Come on now. Do you know how many Christians have had babies out of wedlock who drink, who smoke, Get out of here with that. Being a Christian doesn't mean you're perfect. Let's just let's just get that straight. Being a Christian means you're still human, you're still, you know, navigating this life. You're still taking this journey and trying to understand where your place is, who you are, what role, what your role is. So let's just remember that. Being a Christian does not mean you're freaking perfect. Okay. So Lonnie, we got your back. Just know that um, I posted the article on my Facebook page. I'll go ahead and post that. I've, I've actually got an a, a unapologetic woman of color Facebook page I'll also posted there, which I would love for you guys to go read it and kind of just weigh in. And, you know, if, and if you're familiar with her work, please, please, you know, write a little something and just show her your support. All right, moving on, right along. So last week I had a lo- uh, conversation with one of my most favorite people, Viana Pau, who is a fellow podcaster. She, uh, with two other women, uh, Ruby Latu and Los Aline who have a podcast called Tapu, T-A-P-U. And it's the Tonga translation of the English word taboo. And their whole... Um, Their focus is really breaking the culture of silence when it comes to domestic violence, to sexual assault. And so she and I were talking about the name of my podcast, Unapologetic Woman of Color. And, you know, it really describes all the women who have had any kind of influence on me in my life like my mother, my aunties, my girl cousins, my, you know, my nieces, my girlfriends, who are all women of color and how unapologetic we are when we, in our, in our truths, in our characters, in our, you know, in, in the things that we do in our culture, um, you know, I was just talking, to, we were just talking about, you know, and we started throwing examples of our our mothers at each other, like, you know, what it, what it was that they did that made them so unapologetic. And I remember sharing a story of, I remember <laughs> my mom was a, woo that woman was a strong, religious, hardcore religious woman. And I remember when I came home from school, I had a book assignment. I had, to read, had a reading assignment and I was in my room reading uh, my book. And she, while she rushed in, grabbed my book and ripped it in half and then threw the scriptures on my bed next to me and said, read that. And I, man, I don't, everything happened like in slow motion. Like I couldn't believe that just happened. And I looked at her and I was like, mom, that's my reading assignment. She's, and she didn't, She didn't even blink an eye or she just stared back at me and she said, well, when you're done reading that, make sure you read the scriptures. (laughs) And she was unapologetic about her decisions. Like she still believed that she was in her right to do what she did. So my book was torn in half, but I could still read it. But I just thought even to this day, like every time I think about that incident, I laugh. So, you know, because she just, that was her, that was her belief. She felt like she was saving her child. I mean, if you know me, she didn't save her child, but, you know, those are some of the examples, you know, some of the decisions that they make, they're just unapologetic about it. And I'm not just talking about Tongan women or just Pacific Islander. I'm talking about women of color in general. We are survivors. You know, we are fighters. We're warriors. You know, we protect fiercely, are fiercely loyal to the people that we love, And, uh, and we stand solid in our truth. And, um, it was, you know, so that's the reason why I named it the unapologetic woman of color, because I am literally unapologetic about my experiences, my, my culture, my skin color, you know, my, um, that, you know, my journey, I, I would, I'm not saying that I would never apologize for any wrongdoings. I mean that's just that's what I'm saying is I'm unapologetic about who I am today right and every every woman of color that I know is the same way and I love it so that's the reason why I mean this this podcast is dedicated to to the women of color, uh, all those all the women of color out there that I'm just where I'm so Proud of the women of color out there who are just slaying it, who are just killing it, who are surviving. Who are? It's not easy. It's not easy. We we carry much. We do much. We protect, love much. So more power to y'all. Know that you have an ally in me, and that uh, keep going strong. Um, so what did I do this last week? Oh, we had the Friendly Island Festival. Every, every year we have a Friendly Island Festival that's run by the National Tongan American Society. And I love going because it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's just, I just love being surrounded by my Pacific Islander people, my Tongan people, because, you know, when you go and you deal with white folks all the time, you I have to plug back into my community to get re to get my charge because, I, f- girl, uh, girl, if I don't do that, like I feel like i I feel distant, I feel lost, I feel. I mean, I get I get that way, and then once I come back into my community, I plug in, I get charged up again, and I'm ready to go back out into the world and face face the world again because this is my home base. This is why I am. That's my identity. And so it was fun again. I came, I, this time I brought my clients with me. It was like four white women. And you know, when we got there, you know, I, I was just so proud to, sh- to show off my, my community, my people, our culture, our dances, our foods, our clothing, Like that stuff is just, I'm so, you know, it's just fun for me to show that off. And I just remember in the middle of the While we were there, uh, one of the women were like, I feel uncomfortable. I just feel like everyone's staring at me. And I just don't and I'm like, Girlfriend, ain't nobody staring at you. I'm gonna tell you right now, my people here don't give a shit about you. Right now, we are here for each other. We are we are craving to see one another. We wanna be surrounded by our own. Like, ain't nobody looking at you. If they're looking at you, trust me, it's for a quick second. I don't want you white folks to, to think for a second that we care. Especially when we're around our own people. So after I told her that and I said, Plus you're here with me, ain't nobody gonna Nobody cares, I promise you. After I told her that she hella chilled out real quick and it just made me mad because I'm so tired of that. Like when I bring like non pollies over to my and I'm not talking about non polys people of color, I'm talking non polys like non people of color to any of my Pacific Islander events because they you know, I, I don't know what the hell they're thinking. But I know my people, we don't care. We really don't. So I had such a great time watching, just just being in the midst of that Pacific Islander love and energy. And every year, I remember from the the very first time that the the NTAS did their festival, it's grown so much and it's become so fun. So it was really nice to just take, you know, Just take some time to go and hang out over there. And what a great way to bring the community together. Um, I don't know if they're doing a one Flag Day thing, are they? I don't even know. I got to find out. But that's also fun as well. And I love when everyone comes together to support each of the different um, uh, flag days and festivals that we have. Because it just strengthens the community. And I love that there was no trouble. You know, we had the rugby games going on. We had Polly Riders who showed up. And everyone just not I I just didn't see anyone there that was trying to get into any trouble. Like everyone came just to, just to be around one another. You know what I mean? For me, it just felt like at that moment, my little safe space with my people. So, great job NTAS for pulling together a really an, another successful Friendly Island Festival. Um, I Had a great time. So, I'm and I, I forgot what I remember when I went to the food booths. The very first canopy, I don't even know. They didn't have a name for their for their food booth, but they made the bomb-ass mango otai. It was so freaking good, and it was nice, and it was cool, and it was fresh. I need to find out who that was. I need to learn how to make mango otai. I, I just know how to make watermelon, but holy hell, the food was amazing. So um, now I'm craving otai. I need to try to make some. My grandson, oh my hell, this kid... He watched a YouTube video on how to make watermelon otai and he was at my brother's house uh, and they were making watermelon otai. So now he wants to make otai. So we went and bought all the ingredients so he can make watermelon otai. And he said he wants to make some this weekend so he can sell it to the white folks here that (laughs) live in our neighborhood. (laughs) Hopefully nobody will come up to him and say, "Uh, where's your permit? (laughs) Make that video go hella viral. But he wants to sell the otai. I said, first of all, before you start making the sell, you need to make some here at home so we can taste test that mug to make sure that it's perfect. You can't just be selling it without doing a taste test. So hope I'm going to make him make it tonight. So um, all, Which which reminds me, tonight, if you're listening to this podcast, I don't know if you are, there is a Know Your Rights training that's being held by Me For You. Me For You is a coalition that's run by uh, National Tongue and American Society. So, if you're looking to learn more about your rights, um, I don't know if they're going to be discussing like rights for ICE or police, but it, I, you know, we've had we've done like several Know Your Rights training. We've also organ- we've also partnered up with people who've done uh, several organ- uh, Know Your Rights training. We, the Utah Pacific Islander Civic Engagement Coalition, aka UPASEC, we've actually translated the Know Your Rights cards that ACLU passes out. We've translated those into like seven different seven different languages. One of them Tongan, Samoan, Fijian, uh, some of the Micronesian languages. Um, so if you're looking for, if you want to print some cards out and send them out, and you know, and pass them out to your family members, you're more than welcome to. I will post those up on Facebook. In fact, I think I'll send them out to Verona, so if she wants to print them and send them out. Um, but it's very important to know what your rights are. You do have rights. Don't forget that. So what a great way to learn more about your rights! Um, I'm hoping I can find somebody from you to that will be there to represent the coalition. I'm actually going to another training, um, and the training that I'm going to is going to be held by Larita Holo, um, and it's going to be on uh, the the Methodist Church here in Utah. Uh, she she would um, she her name is Larita Holo. She's going to be getting her PhD here in like the next couple of months, but she is the first Tongan licensed clinical social worker. She's not the only one. I thought she was, but she's not the only one, but she is the first. And she's had a very successful um, program of, and she's combined like psychology with culture. She's infused the two and it's, she's amazing, you know? And I talked to her on the phone, f- like probably a few hours. I just kept her on the phone. It was such an interesting talk and you know just some of the stuff that she's 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 introducing into the game into the into the psychology world some new things some new terminology that really has to do with with culture with people of color uh specifically pacific islanders and psychology you know and she talks about the diaspora here in 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 the united states and it's just amazing so i'm so excited to go tonight. It's a group. So every Thursday we meet together at the, at the Wesleyana church and we're going to just sit with her team, just kind of learn about, um, you know, what it is, their introduction to, uh, how to deal with, I think, sexual, sexual assault and domestic violence. So I can't wait. I'm so excited. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to that. That's tonight. So I won't be able to make it to the me for you. Um, uh, uh, know your rights training. But if you get a chance, go check it out. It's really important that you do know your rights. Um, last night I went to so we're moving along. Last night I went to uh, uh, to a central the, the, I'm a Democrat. So I went to the Democratic Party's um, central committee meeting and you have to be a, um, a delegate within a Democratic Party. And you have to be I mean, you can go and sit and listen, even if you're not. But in order to be a voting member, you have to be a delegate and you have to be one of the pre- you have to be a chair or a vice chair within the Democratic Party. So I'm actually the vice. not I'm a vice chair of the the Asian-American Pacific Islander uh, caucus, Democratic caucus. And I'm also a precinct chair. So I went there um, to go and support one of my friends. Her name is Monica Zalt- Zaltansky. Zalt- oh, I can't even say her last name. Zaltansky. Did I say that right? Man, if I butchered her name, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Anyways, she was running to be the Democratic nominee for uh, Senate District 9. And man, she, that woman is tough as nails. And she had to swim upstream to get that, to win that nomination. And she did. So when I was sitting there, I was the only Pacific Islander female there. Normally, Verona's there, Verona's the, the chair. Of the api democratic caucus but she's been so busy so but i she and i really are the only pacific islanders that show up to these things and i saw nothing about white people not that there's i'm just saying i really really want to see that room in so in two years we they're going to be not they're going to have another caucus and they're going to be electing a new either either electing the same delegates or electing new delegates and new, you know, chairs and vice chairs, precinct chairs. This being a precinct chair is so freaking easy. It is so easy. I want this room in that, that room that I was in last night in two years to be packed with people of color, with Pacific Islanders, because if we want to make change politically, it has to start from the inside, whether you're a Democrat or you're a libertarian or independent, the democratic party is pretty inclusive. It's a big 10. So you can, you can come in and join us, but You know, if you're not, if you're a hardcore Republican, please join the Republican, uh, Utah uh, Republican Party and become a precinct chair, a led chair, you know, whatever. Just get in there and get involved because I really believe this is the way we have to make this. We have to make some changes. We have to start having more people of color run for office. We, and the only way they are going to get them moving, we're going to move them along through the chain is if we start from the inside and we have to start as uh, as a delicate with, delegate within the party. So be on the lookout because UBSEC will be coming out with some training. We will be planning and putting that together because I really expect to change the demographics in that room. I was, uh, you know, I just sat there and I was like, why am I the only Pacific Islander here? And I think we had like, a handful of people of color in there. I'm, I'm not kidding you. I could count on my one hand. I think there was like two black women. There was one Latina. There were two Hispanic men. And then there was me. That That's it. Oh, and an Asian woman. So there was like seven of us. So there was like less than two handfuls of, of people of color in there. And then the rest were all following these. I need that to change. And the only way that we're going to change that is if we have you just kind of, you know, keep it, you know, just be on, 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 you know, just, just be on the lookout for when we send out, uh, you know, events to train, to become a delegate and all that fun stuff, because I literally, we need to make this happen. So be on the lookout for that. This is where you get to decide who gets to represent your party in in many, many elections. Salt Lake County Council, state legislator, like State, state representative, state senator, you know, uh, U.S. Senate, U.S. representative. I mean, and governor, you know, there are many roles and many positions and people in order to become a Democratic nominee, you have to you have to be voted in convention. And you need to have the right. You need to have many people backing you in that convention. So we we can run that. And I want to run that, so be on the lookout for that. But anyways, um, that's it. Uh, you know, I, there's a bunch of stuff going on politically. Um, Steve Miller, who I, who is the Devil's Spawn, he's the one. Who, he's actually one of Trump's top advisors. He's the one that introduced the ba- the Muslim ban. He is now attacking legal, legal aliens. So if you're here legally. And he's trying to introduce, propose that if you're here legally and you've used any one of our social programs, like food stamps, Medicaid, any of that stuff, that you should, you, you should be at, you're at risk of being deported. And then Tucker Carlson, who is a Fox News pundit, was talking about, you know, should citizenship be a birthright? And that kind of language has been coming from the Republicans from the right for a long time. They have been talking about citizenship, citizenship being, you know, is, should it be a birthright? And you're talking about the 14th Amendment, you know, the risk of repealing the 14th Amendment. So that kind of talk is so dangerous. And I don't want you guys to ignore this because, hello, we're Pacific Islanders. We know downstairs our parents or our grandparents were immigrants to this country. I mean, we're still pretty brand new to this country. So, I was born here. I was born in in San Francisco, but my parents were immigrants. You know, so I became an automatic citizen when I when my mom gave birth to me here in in California. Um, but if this if if this were to pass back then, me being a citizen would be at risk. That's not cool, man. That's something that you guys need to really look into. So, we have a lot of so much racism. And everyone's like, oh my gosh, so much what's going on with all this racism that's popping up all over the place. It it's always been there. It's just always been under the radar. But now we have a leader of, of our of our country who, who has made it so that this kind of behavior, this kind of talk, these kinds of ideals and policy making has is now, you know, is now part of our mainstream, which is very, very scary. So please be on the lookout. Make sure that you guys are registered to vote. Make sure that you guys are, are well-informed and that you guys are voting accordingly and protecting our rights. I am an American citizen. I happen to be of Tonga descent. I'm sure many of you guys are also American citizens that are, that are of Pacific Islander descent. We need to stay on top of our game and make sure that we are voting in leaders who have our best interests, who are who are not threatening our rights our constitutional right so please be on the lookout and make sure that you're following my page the my facebook page um the unapologetic woman of color or if you you want to follow more of my political stuff we can follow the yupitek facebook page or just send me a friend request margarita satini um and let's let's make sure that not only are we protecting ourselves but we're protecting the future of our children and our and all of our descendants anyhow that's it uh, thank you for joining me on episode two next episode I think we're gonna be doing a dual podcast with tapu and then hope I think we're also gonna do another one with uh, hey Lala I do a, a Facebook live feed with um, hey Lala so we'll do that so that'll be another dual podcast Facebook live thing uh, but be on the lookout for that and if you guys have any suggestions or any questions, feel free to post those questions on my unapologetic uh, woman of color, Facebook page. And let's talk. Holla.